Coming up today, Pastor Ray Bentley says the time is right for us to declare our faith in God. It's time that we make a stand. I'm telling you, we are living in the days where God, everything He said is going to come to pass. The world's not falling apart, it's falling into place. Prophetically, it's all been planned out. So you make your stand now. I'm with Jesus. Come what may, I'm not letting Him go or my faith in Him. Spread Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Desperate times call for desperate measures. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. Necessity is the mother of invention. All those human axioms are fine with everyday challenges. But in times like this, we need to stand up for God and His plan for mankind. Let's get some insight from Pastor Ray. Matthew chapter 22, beginning in verse 23. It says, on the same day, the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to him, Jesus, and asked him, saying, Teacher, Moses said that if a man dies, having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there were with us seven brothers. The first died after he had married. And after no offspring, he left uh, his wife to his brother. And then likewise, the second also, and then the third, and even to the seventh. And last of all, the woman died also. Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife of the seven will she be? So we're going to talk about the reality of the supernatural. The Sadducees who say there is no resurrection. The Sadducees, they were the priests primarily in charge of the temple worship in Jerusalem, which is interesting once you find out a little bit more how they operate and what they believe. They were very different from the Pharisees who were basically the ancient, you know, Orthodox Jews. They would be similar to the Orthodox Jews of our time. The Sadducees were far fewer. They were the elite. They were the intellectuals. Ironically, though they themselves did not believe in the resurrection, The question they come to ask Jesus is all about the resurrection. And they want to know, so we know there is this law that is written down. Moses said, so they respect Moses. That's important. If a man dies having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there were with us seven brothers. The first died after he had married and having no offspring left his wife to his brother. And likewise, then the second came, and then the third, and even to the seventh. So this all comes. And last of all, the woman and she died also. And therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife of the seven will she be? For they all had her. Now, this all comes from a a law in Deuteronomy chapter 25. If a woman's husband dies, then, uh, and she's, you know, a widow, and she has no children, then the next brother shall marry her and then be able to provide a child, so she will have, and he has to protect her and provide for her and take care of her. And that's what God had designed. It was very beautiful, and it it took care of women and the poorest and the most vulnerable 
that were in that situation. But in this hypothetical, so the first guy dies, so then his brother, he takes it, but then he dies, and then he has another brother, and the third guy marries the same lady, and then he dies, and then number four dies, and then number five comes, and he dies, number six comes, and he dies, number seven comes, and he dies, and then the woman dies. They were basically making fun of the resurrection. And by the way, there are people today, highly educated, they are well-read. They know the Bible, but they don't know the author. And so I want you to note this. Jesus reveals that such a theology creates a blind spot in regard to the full revelation of God's truth. The first thing that Jesus says is, uh, you are mistaken. You're wrong. And now I'm going to show you why. And he gives two reasons. Number one, you don't know uh, the Scriptures, you don't know the power of God. Here's what I want to say to you, any Sadducees or maybe someone that you know, I pray in the name of Jesus that God will open your eyes. I pray in the name of Jesus that God will reveal to you, no, He is uh, supernatural. It's all real, and He loves you. He's pursuing you. He doesn't give up on you. He'll have you all of a sudden see something, even online or whatever, and, and it's like coming at you about, wow, the truth or a miracle or a healing or the supernatural. No, God is still real. And in the name of Jesus, I pray for you that you'll just say, you know what? If you're suffering, and I believe that every Sadducee is suffering alone on the inside of their little castle behind their walls. In the name of Jesus, I pray that you will say, you know what, maybe because how's this working for you? Obviously not so well, because you're still searching and you're still looking. So maybe you can say, maybe I shouldn't have made that deal. Maybe I shouldn't have made that agreement. Maybe I shouldn't have held God to my understanding. Maybe I need to let go and let God be God. And God, if you can take my hurt and my pain and my misunderstanding, and if you can fix me and heal me and let God be God, look, He will come. He is awesome. He's amazing. He's powerful. He's supernatural. My own experience, you know, I, when I was uh, 10, I got saved and then started going to the church. So then when I was in high school, I was playing football. I love football because, I, you know, again, I was, you don't know this, many of you that are new, I was destined to be a NFL football quarterback. <laughs> but because God called me into the ministry, I had to give it all up. But anyway... So, and I broke my ankle, and oh, I was going to miss football season. I love football. I cannot tell you how much I love football. And so I heard about this place. It wasn't in my church, because they don't do that there, but this other place where this guy comes and people get healed. Some people get healed. So I was like, I'm going to go. So I went there, and it's like, oh, it's wow, amazing. And then all of a sudden, he called people who want prayer. So I was like, oh, cool. I got a bad ankle. I get to go up there and get prayed for. So I'm standing there and I'm waiting in line. He's like over there, way, way over there. The, the last person on that seat, that girl sitting right over there. And I'm standing here waiting. And the guy, you know, he's going to take him a long time. He's praying for each one and stuff. And then all of a sudden, he, he moved down a few, but he wasn't even anywhere near me. He never touched me, never laid a hand on me. I'm just a teenage kid, about 14, 15, standing there like this. And all of a sudden, I'm telling you, the heavens open. I saw... It was beyond light. It was a light with a personality. It was like heaven, and every cell in my body, it felt like was screaming, yes, you know? And then this heaviness came upon me, and I fell down. I'm just laying there. I don't even know for how long. 
I am telling you by my personal experience, the supernatural is real. I've crossed through, man. I'm telling you, it's done. Dude, it's real. It's all real. Then, so then I get on fire for the Lord. Now I'm teaching Bible studies to all the football guys and the wrestlers and cheerleaders and friends and every year through high school. By the time I'm a senior, it's like, man, I think I'm called to be a pastor, you know? Got a Bible study in my parents' house. It's all filled up and... So then I go to this house ministry because I met Pastor Chuck Smith and heard, you know, teaching through the Bible, simply teach. And I, I was like, oh, I want to go to where, where did you learn that? And, you know, Chuck's like, uh, well, Ray, now I believe you should move up to Costa Mesa and, uh, you know, come through the Bible with me. I was like, okay, where would I live? And he goes, we have, you know, house ministries and all. Uh, you could move in there. A lot of the kids are moving in, you know, off of the street and what have you. I wasn't a street kid. I was like, okay, well, so I move into the house of Psalms. I'm going to, you know, listening to Chuck, going through the Bible. He had, they had cassette tapes. And then I got a commentary. Wow, Pastor Chuck said this is the commentary to read for this Bible book. And I got it. Oh, I got, I can learn what he learned, help preach and teach like he did. And I'm just like, woo. And one day this girl walks in her, you know, she was in the house, crazy mid seventies, her eyes as big as saucers. She goes, help. I go, what? It was like one of those cries that you're like, something really bad's going on. My brother is demon possessed, help. I was like, okay, we'll pray for you, sister. No, you know, I was like, what are we going to do? So about five of us go over there. And I'll, you know, so I'm going to tell you, this was my first experience on this side of the whole equation. Look, over the many years I've dealt with people, you know, there's mental issues that are very real. Some of it, you know, related to chemicals and balances. There's emotional issues. There's traumas. All of that is real. It's legit. And it's part of the human drama and situation we must deal with. But there is also another area. And I'm telling you, it's not a game. It is not man oriented or made. When I walked through the door of the house where this poor young man was, I felt experienced demonic power, presence, spirit, hatred that was so thick, you, you have to experience it. I pray to God that you never do or ever have to. So I go in there and, and this guy is coming after me. So I'm 18. I've never done this before. And I, and I just, I put my Bible in front of me, you know, like that's, I don't know, the only gun I got right now, you know, help. <laughs> I open the Bible like to the gospel. I'm going to go to the, Jesus on the cross and say, he died, he bled, the blood of Jesus, you know. So I'm doing, that's all I know. And this guy is cursing and cussing. And man, he focuses in on me because, and he does not get that Bible. And he's cussing, get that thing out. Because he, he said, it's burning me. Well, when you hear a person telling you, stop reading that book, it's burning me. All of a sudden, I realize I'm only 18. This is not that young man. This is another spirit in that young man that is being burned by the truth of the word of God. It was spiritual. It was supernatural. And he, he was recalling. He was kind of, he would go, if I, you know, just because I, and all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, oh, you don't like that, do you? <laughs> hey. Do you know what happened to me inside when I realized I'm 18, never experienced this before, and I see with my own eyes the power of the Word of God. It's a sword. It is feared by the entire spiritual realm. 
The angels, they know, they respond to it, it's powerful. And finally, taking authority and exercising it, I rebuke that thing, get that nasty thing out of his body in the mighty name of Jesus. And all of a sudden, after the horrific scene had been, the guy was moving around like a snake, it's just gross, I won't even go into it. But then all of a sudden, he's like, he blinks, and it's like, wow, his face changes. It's like, hey, that's the guy. I'd never met the guy but until now. And it's like, that thing is gone. And we're like, wow, Lord, you are real. That's awesome. The power of God. The spiritual is real. The supernatural is real. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. Since Pastor Ray went to heaven, so many listeners have shared comments on what his teaching means to them. You were our Billy Graham. Our spiritual walk has been so sweet since we became Christians. To know you was to learn to live the Great Commission and fulfill God's great commandments. Thank you for being such a beautiful inspiration and leading my husband to be such a godly man, which allowed me to become a faithful servant of our Lord. Well done. Messages like that continue to be such a great encouragement to all of us at Maranatha Radio and the whole Bentley family. If you'd like to send a message, just email us, ray at raybentley.com or post a comment online at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. The supernatural is real. And I pray that God will open all of our eyes to see it. I want you to go into the next point. Jesus tells us that we will be in a whole new dimension in heaven, like the angels of God. He says here literally in verse 30, he says, For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels of God in heaven. So now, he doesn't give us a lot of information, but know this. Jesus did not just begin when he was born in Bethlehem. He is the Ancient of Days. He preexisted. He came from heaven. So when he talks about heaven, he is speaking from personal experience. And he's saying, I'm going to tell you guys something you don't know. And he didn't go into any details, but he just said, look, there are no marriages in heaven. Marriage is for earth. God set it up in the beginning with Adam and Eve, and the whole idea was with one man would come together with one woman for one lifetime, they would have a child, and God designed marriage as an earthly institution to raise a child in a healthy, both male, female, home, balanced situation. That they need both of those elements to grow up and to be a full, mature man, woman, made and created in the image of God. But apparently when we get to heaven, there's no need for that. There, there's going to be no more. So I want to just say this real quick. Enjoy your marriage and your spouse now with all the, the grace that God will give to you because it's apparently going to change. When we go to heaven and we get glorified bodies, it's different. Look, Jesus did not say we would be angels. There, that's a Hollywood thing where, you know, you, you die and you go up and you earn your wings and become an angel. No, we do not become angels. Angels stay angels. People stay people. He did not say we will be angels when we're glorified in heaven. He said we will be as angels or like angels, meaning angels don't get married. 
Marriage is unique. Children are unique. Now, well, yes, we'll still have mom, dad, grandpa, and generations of all that once we get there, but that's the way it's going to be. So Jesus was saying it's going to be a whole new dimension. We will be like the angels of God. And then finally, and we'll close with this, Jesus proves the resurrection to the Sadducees, referring to none other than Moses himself. Verse 31, it says, but concerning the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was spoken to you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob? God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And when the multitude heard this, they were astonished at his teaching. Our Lord was not content in merely refuting the Sadducees' foolish views of a future life. He wants to answer directly their claim that there is no resurrection. And he does it by referring to Moses himself, the only one in the Old Testament they actually believed in. He says, I'm going to use your guy that you say you believe and trust in him, and out of his mouth you're going to hear about the resurrection. He knew that Moses was the only authority they would accept so I want you to read it with me. This is what Jesus is referring to. This is God revealing himself to Moses and what God himself said to Moses in Exodus 3, verses 5 and 6. Let's read it out loud. Then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. This quote is from the very middle and the heart of the first five books, from a passage of God's revelation of himself to Moses. Notice, God did not say, I was the God of Abraham, for that would mean Abraham was no more. He says, I am the God of Abraham, I am the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. So the Lord makes it clear those three men were at the time alive. I am Abraham's God. And by repeating the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob, the Lord was saying that he knew them and that he loved them personally and individually and that God was in relationship with them at that very moment though they had long died, so that means they had to have been resurrected in, the, in God's living presence. So the logical inference from all of this that Jesus points out from their own guy that they trusted in from Moses is he is not the God of the dead, but he is the God of the living. He is the resurrection and the life, and all who believe in Jesus shall also have everlasting life. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. The very next verse 34 says, when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. So that'll be the next story. They, they go, wow, it's our turn. <laughs> but where it says silenced them, the Greek word means muzzled. They couldn't open their mouth. And I'm telling you, we are living in the days where God, everything he said is going to come to pass. The world's not falling apart. It's falling into place. Prophetically, it's all been planned out. So you better, you make your stand now. I'm with Jesus all the way to the end. Come what may, I'm not letting him go or my faith in him. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen? amen. amen. And you also have had your own experiences. I shared some of mine with you. 
And I know there are some of you here that the Sadducee you know, there might be a spouse, they're back home, it's a friend, might be a son or a daughter, a prodigal, a coworker, a neighbor, but I want you to think of their name and then bow your heads in prayer and I want you to take that name and that face and I want you to join me. I want to bring all of these Sadducees before the Lord because I'm telling you, God loves every one of them. There's a reason they're bright. There's a reason God gave them their intellect. And God can use all that he gave to them and invested in them for his kingdom and glory. But uh, let me just tell you, God is compassionate. Jesus is, so many times he would touch people. Why? He was moved with compassion. And I believe that Jesus hurts more for those who got deceived and got lied to that, wow, if there was a God of love, why did he let this happen or that happen or whatever that, that kind of trapped you, probably in a younger age or more where you were more open to believing. And then, you know, you, you feel like you got run over or hurt, disappointed, hypocrisy, whatever. But I want you to know that God, feel, that he sees that. Jesus hurts with you and for you. There are things you did not know at the time. There are things you did not see. You don't know what he knows. And he still is who he claims to be, which is good and loving and gracious and powerful. And he wants a relationship with you and he wants to bless you and he wants to heal you. And he also is aware that you have trapped yourself behind a wall and a palace of loneliness and emptiness and anxiety and fear and darkness and depression. And you don't have to live that way. If you will just say, help me, Lord, heal me, Lord. You know, you feel what you feel. But if you'll open the door just a crack, take that window, pull the shades back, lift it up. I'm telling you, light will pour in. If you lift that window, you will feel the fresh breeze of the Holy Spirit. You can be healed. You can be rekindled. You can be reunited. You can be renewed. You don't have to live a lonely, empty, dwindling life in screaming into the darkness, but you can come into the light. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus, and I want to pray. And there are many names, many faces of people we love and care for, and they're beautiful people, they're bright people, they're intelligent people, they're gifted people, and yet they're, they're, something is missing, and, and they do not connect, and they're hurting. And we know it, and we have compassion, and we know you have compassion. So we're asking in the name of Jesus to deliver them from the lies of Satan. The devil is a liar from the beginning. Every accusation is a lie. And we resist the spirit of fear, for you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would deliver them from that spirit of fear. May the Holy Spirit now touch them, come upon them. Lord, go through that little window, that little crack, however it is that they're hearing this message, and go directly into them and through their hearts. Wash them and cleanse them and make them whole. We thank you, Father, for hearing our prayer. We know that you will answer it for your kingdom and glory. In Jesus' wonderful, mighty name we pray. Amen. A moving prayer from Pastor Ray Bentley as he closes today's study time here on Maranatha Radio. Glad you've joined us for our study in the Gospel of Matthew. And today's study is titled, Heaven is Now. 
If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at RayBentley.com. That's RayBentley.com. We hope you'll stop by our site today. When you're there, under Media, you'll notice three words, Watch, Radio, and Devo. Three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights. Plus, click About and find out more about Pastor Ray and find out how you can come into a deeper relationship with the Lord. And at the bottom of the page, you can sign up to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions via email, free of charge. Plus, you'll find other spiritual growth books and resources from Pastor Ray, including his latest book called As the Days of Noah, a prophetic fiction novel. So many are enjoying the full series called The Elijah Chronicles. And RayBentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also make a donation right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Well, next time, join us for a special edition of the program, a conversation with Pastor Ray's widow, Vicki Bentley. It's a moving conversation. Join us here on Maranatha Radio, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.